Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with Jun Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. Obviously, with the sale of Roma, I, I would assume that you're doing better uh, than you were maybe 24 hours ago. Obviously, that is going to be the main uh, subject of today's podcast. Very quickly, though, have to give a mention to our two newest patrons over at Patreon, Maurizio Berardi, who you can find on Twitter at I hate M-A-U. That's I hate M-A-U. And then Daniel Polisel, who you can find on Twitter at D-A-N-I-E-L-P-O-L-E-S-E-L, at Daniel Polisel. Thank you both. For supporting our endeavors here, we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it because without you guys, this would not be possible. So thank you both so, so much. All right, Andy, the Roma of Friedkin. We can now say it. Um, Ten months this story has been going on, ten months. So in theory, you could have conceived and in that time had a child um, before negotiations started to when they were actually finalized. I never thought about it that way. Well, this is why we do this. Yeah, well, you know, you have a few of them, and you know, you you get some (laughs) practice in that regard. Um, real quick, just a couple of things while they're running through my head. It's, um, yeah, it was a very long day for me yesterday. I think I got three hours of sleep, so yeah, it's official now. Friedkin. As I tweeted out, I knew they would say something, but it was very revealing that the official Roma account can't give us a new photo of Dan Friedkin. <laughs> Above all, that was the only thing I was yes, looking forward yes, to, yes. okay? As you guys are very well aware, for 10 months, I've had to recycle, just like every other website newspaper, uh, there's been five photos, essentially, that we can use for Dan Friedkin, okay? The same five. I have never in my life seen a billionaire with such a low profile in my entire life. (laughs) And you know it's bad when the official account, the official website, is using one of those recycled photos. Jesus, that was the thing I was looking forward to most (laughs) of all. But no, not even even Roma's official website has a different (laughs) picture of Dan. In fact, I'm not even sure Dan's real. I, 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 I emailed them and I said, listen, I need a photo of him. Holding the newspaper, it can be La Stapa, La Gazette de los Sport. I don't care the newspaper. I just need a photo of him holding today's newspaper because I am not convinced that this guy is real. Uh, that was also the the default photo that can be found on the Friedkin Group's website. Like they did the, the least <laughs> yeah, effort yeah. ever to pull that photo for for the announcement. Well, and the the the, the photo that they used is the one where there's two versions of it. There's one of him smiling, and then there's one of him just plain faced with no emotion. <laughs> And it's sort of developed into a meme uh, throughout these 10 months. But uh, yeah, come on, please, Roma, please, 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 please. I need a new photo. Even worse, I need a a photo of Ryan. Um, He is moving hotels currently because, as everybody is well aware, Guido Fienga, as we told you, it was confirmed that he would be staying on as CEO. Now, I wouldn't wouldn't say that's a long-term move. I would just say... uh, Watch this space for that, because I, I think other than Fienga and Baldessoni, who, if you notice, was not mentioned in the press release, um, Fienga was the only one, only director right. that Friedkin right. went out of their way to mention in that very, very long press release, which is, again, I, I've 
you can go back and listen to the episodes, read the read the website. Um, Fienga is really the only one that they had a good impression of, and from what I was told, Fienga is really the only one who has a chance of remaining. I I don't, and in fact, I don't think he will remain long term. I I think he'll stay at least till October, and then they'll reevaluate things um, because I think eventually they'll want to see somebody more seasoned uh, in that role, but. Um, yeah, I was very curious, the press release, but yeah, even Ryan, um, he is changing hotels. I was just telling you this before we started, but, um, our source for the entire 10 months, a legal executive of Friedkin, he is in London right now with Ryan. They're not staying in the same hotel. So, um, I, I don't have that insight, but tomorrow Guido Fienga, he will fly to London to meet with Ryan Friedkin for, sort of um, a next steps meeting. Everybody keeps calling it a transfer market, but there's there's so much more that they're discussing beyond that. But obviously the transfer market will be a point of discussion. Before we get into all this stuff, um, I had a report a couple of days ago how temporarily Ryan Freakin' and Fianga would be handling the transfer market, and I don't think I've ever seen a meltdown <laughs> so vivid in my entire life now in fact i probably should have added the caveat and and this is just me i don't know a victim of you know maybe not thinking through a tweet or maybe lack of characters i don't know what it is but this is literally just something temporary two three weeks maybe a month i don't know um this is not something they're going to keep you should have seen the replies that i got (laughs) when i tweeted that out and wrote it on the website i mean you would have thought that ryan and fianga were going to go on a killing spree and hide the bodies and yeah and hide the bodies outside the olympico i mean does that bother you does that even worry you that's you know that's how it works around here L'ambiente. Yes. that's the perfect yeah it's the perfect it's sort of it's it's how people react to it it's it's already it's in our blood you know to react to it the way that we did um also uh there was mentioned because the whole thing was about fienga and, and ryan friedkin uh, working together with the help of some intermediaries so um and so you know agents and and the like um and some names of these agents popped up i don't know how you know how how sure that information can be how how definite it can be how reliable it can be but some of the names of those agents are way too familiar for some of the romanisti and so as soon as you know as soon as you make that connection they're gonna jump for you um you know, and everybody obviously expects once you bring in this new ownership, everybody's like, okay, where are the big bucks? You know, where are the big names? When when are we signing <laughs> yeah. the next superstar sporting director to sign the next superstar uh, forward or the defender or whoever else? So when when you give them exactly what they don't want you to give them, such as Fienga and Ryan are going to collaborate in the forthcoming weeks, two or three weeks of, of working with intermediaries to plan, map out the transfer market and everything else, uh, then obviously you're going to get that kind of reaction. So let's just start with the with the very first things that we heard from Freakin. They released a very long statement. I, I'm not going to read the entire thing. But I have to, I, I, there were a couple of things that stood out to me. I, I'm sure you kind of thought the same out of the entire thing that they, that entire press release that they did. I'm sure in your mind, there were some things that stood out to you. Let me just, the, the thing that without question was like the first thing I panned to um, in his, I think it was three or four paragraphs that he said 
was about the business plan. Our shared vision for the club and the team is to favor a sustained long-term investment approach rather than quick fixes of questionable durability. That was the first thing that stood out to me. And I have to tell you, uh, really, the only thing missing from that is a picture of Dan with a cigar in his mouth <laughs> with two middle fingers up with James Palotta sitting in like the fetal position uh, upset in the yeah. corner. I mean, that seemed like a total not not if you say shot, that sounds maybe a bit exaggerated. But that seemed, at least from a business standpoint, a pure you have no idea what the hell you're doing. Yes, I, I agree with you it, because it was. You know, it, it's it's probably what we 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 were you know we've been talking about uh, Roma for so long, and uh, uh, especially on here we've been talking about what it lacks, what it needs, etc. And exactly, we always pointed out that the major mistakes by this ownership, by or let me say it for the first time, the form the yes. former ownership. Mm. Uh, wow, that feels good. Got a nice yeah, ring to it. By the mis the mistakes that were made by the the former ownership were mainly uh, lied mainly in taking these abrupt decisions that would turn out to be not very sustainable in the long run. And you know we we live in a in a footballing world where these mistakes can cost you. And so we saw it under Monchi. Um, we saw how some of his transfer market decisions and the overall scheme of things in those two years or whatever it was, a year and a half um, after Spalletti left, how the team just crumbled because of abrupt decisions that really had no you know, future in them. Um, listen, I'm, I'm looking at the likes. Who else than Hector Moreno? Do you remember that guy? That guy was <laughs> was brought in as a Mexican national, as a, as the captain of the Mexican national team. He was supposed to be the new face of our defense, and he lasted exactly five months. Um, it took him like three. Do you remember that? It took him like three months to get an appearance. Yeah, remember Torino, how odd that was? Torino. And it was in like the co yeah the Copa Italia, yeah, wasn't it? No, it was before. It was before. It was the it was the okay, league game. Okay. He did well, and then that was it. But it, it's true, he disappeared basically off the radar. But the whole build-up was supposed to be about this guy, you know, taking the place of Tony Rudiger, and then it turned out it's not as simple as it looks, right? And so I think I, I'm not just pointing to that episode, but I'm just saying that episode perfectly encapsulates the whole philosophy that was wrong about Palotta's Roma in its latter stages. And so it's a welcome sight to finally, you know, hear at least uh, these words, long-term, sustainable, you know, planning, that's that's at least for a start, that sounds good. Listen, these words, we can we can discuss them all we want. I mean, last summer, James Palotta said, oh, I can't wait to be in, in, in Rome more. Well, he <laughs> he hasn't even yeah, gotten he, on a he flight. Said, to I Rome, promise so. to be be there more often. And <laughs> he has made exactly yeah. zero appearances since. So, I mean, do you have any first impressions? I feel like, OK. So this kind of goes to what we were talking about a couple of episodes ago, how nobody knows what Friedkin is doing. And a lot of these newspapers are just looking for, I like to call it filler material, uh, just things to talk about because they have nothing at the moment. They really do have nothing. And we're hearing about, uh, <laughs> we're hearing about, oh, uh, at this meeting in London, 
Juves Paratici will be there. They'll talk about Rugani, Florenzi. I, I mean, guys, come on. I, again. Today I, today I was looking. Today, you know, there are those accounts that report what journalists say as it goes on, right? They, somebody is watching, I don't know, whatever it is, Sky or something. And there was somebody that reported what a Juve reporter was was reporting about uh, let's watch out Paratici uh, and Roma because that that could get hot and then the the the, the reporter <laughs> that followed him said absolutely the contrary he said there is nothing that indicates Paratici leaving Juve right now so that's how it works okay I I this is going to sound like I'm kissing my own ass but I've gotten in so many fights over the last few days from people who uh call me some nice not so nice things over these past five months but there's there's a handful of people who have gotten in with freaking Filippo Biafora, myself, Alstini, uh, DeSantis. There's only a couple, okay? Everybody else, they're just talking from rear end, talking directly out of their rear end. That's it. They don't know what's going on. They don't know the plans. Now, somebody who has been leaking a little bit, and I'm sure at some point they'll come down on him, and that has been Fienga. I wish he would stop because he's been talking to La Gazzetta dello Sport a little more than I would prefer. Um, but it, it's it's really difficult to know what the summer transfer plans are. We really don't know. We honestly do not know. We don't even know who the sporting director is going to be. Um, they've given us zero indications. We've heard about Planis from Barcelona. We don't know if that's going to happen. We've heard about Paratici. We've heard about Petraki, Sabatini, all these all these all these names that we talked about in the last episode that it really doesn't take much effort to, to, to name them as a potential candidate. But given where we are now, the new owners are here. Uh, where do you want to see them focus? I, I, I mean, are you more worried about them uh, working on the club financially? Are you more worried about sales, purchases? I mean, where now that everything has gone through after 10 months, it's difficult to know like what the next step is oh, yeah. because I don't know about you, Andy. I, I feel like there's just so much work that needs to be done. And I'm not even necessarily talking about the roster. Um, right. I mean, we have a club that is ending their shirt sponsorship with Nike. You've got that to deal with. You would assume because of Dan being backed so heavily by Toyota, do they come into play somehow? For me, it just seems like there's so many things on the plate. You know, I, I, I don't know what to eat first. No, no, I, I definitely agree with you. And, um, you know, uh, there there seemed to be also a big uproar by, from fans about the when in that press release they mentioned, <laughs> you know, and it's inevitable, but they mentioned, you know, player trading, basically. In other words, you know, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, yes. but they, you know, in where they were listing in order to achieve our objectives, we want to accomplish this. And then they listed numerous things along with the stadium so something you know just trying basically in other words trying our best to finally get this thing done um and then they mentioned player trading which you know in this day and age i know it sucks but it's inevitable and it happens literally everywhere uh, unfortunately because that's how clubs stay alive and 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 that's that's you know it's survival of the fittest and if you you can um, if you can be involved in player trading, you will do so because otherwise it's it's really all, you know, it's it's going uphill, you know, um, it's fighting a, a battle um, that has no victory in sight. 
And uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. This, <laughs> these things, these ownership swaps happen so, so, you know, so are so rare that we really don't know the magnitude of, of this thing internally in the club. You know, it, it affects all areas. Um, you, we're going to see a lot of new faces. We're going to see a lot of people brought from the Friedkin group into the club, overseeing operations. Uh, it's going to be completely different and, and not only for our fans, but for the people working there. So I, you know, if, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm supposed to say something about the transfer market right now, I really don't, don't know how much I can say about it because there is just, as you said, so much stuff happening around it. Um, in the bigger picture. And I remember the last time a club changed ownerships and they decided to, you know, go uh, head over heels and straight for, go for at the breakneck, breakneck speed um, at the transfer market. Um, it was Milan. In, yeah, uh, we saw how that worked out, exactly. right? Exactly. That's what I mean. They they moved in, they closed the damn thing, and then, you know, <laughs> and then Mirabelli and Fassone went on their uh, world-famous European tour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> remember that video of Mirabelli and Fassone yeah, flying yeah. all around? Yeah. That's, I'm not saying that that's – but, it, it, you know, you have to sort it out the big things first. And the transfer market and, you know, getting rid of players like Juan Jesus – I don't. I don't believe that is the priority right now. Yeah, I. I don't, I don't think so either. Listen, I. I don't. Yes, Roma. They need pieces in the transfer market. We can. I mean, we. We have a month and a half to discuss that, but I feel like the priority, as much as we would love it to be, I'm sure. I'm sure the priorities are not like the transfer market right now. Like I'm sure. Fienga is not going to land tomorrow in London. They find, <laughs> you know, they find this cozy little restaurant, not much media around. And hey, Ryan, Ryan, so what about Fazio? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you know, I don't think Fienga is going to take out this this notebook. Uh, Ryan's going to pull up his laptop and they're going to be like, OK, well, here's what I came up with. Uh, you know, we could sell Fazio for, t- uh, you know. Uh, Tre milioni, and you know, it's just yeah, like come on, to this, this little club in the Uruguay, <laughs> they just scouted it out perfect. I know it's like, listen, I, you know, the the transfer market is one of those things where I get why everyone likes it. I, I'm convinced people like it more than the actual matches. Sometimes, at least some people, they like it more than the actual football being played because, for in a sense. It's like okay, this is uh, the transfer market offers like hope and opportunity for your team. It's it's brand new. It's the chance to start anew. But I feel like right now, again, the priorities are are elsewhere. It is not, you know, I don't think Fienga and Ryan tomorrow are going to be pulling out their 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 mobile phones and talking with uh, Juan Jesus, yeah, Juan Jesus or Jufri. Yeah, or one of the agents who's helping out yes, right now is Jufrida, Ju- is, uh, <laughs> who um, he's I don't our he's dear, dear friend. Yes, yeah, he's a dear friend indeed. Um, it, it's weird because he's like an agent, but I don't even know if he has clients of his own. I think he just handles negotiations, like he did uh, Icardi to PSG. Um, he also helped with uh, uh, Pedro to 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 Roma. He's he's just a lawyer who is just an intermediary, really. It, probably wouldn't even call him an agent but he's the primary one handling a lot of the things now you know i don't think that they're going to you know call you and be like hey listen you know what we really need is 
uh, I don't know what's been a popular one. Edinson Cavani on a free. That's not going to happen. Okay. Or no, Cavani was a South American group for all those websites that yes. needed another name to make up. The South American group that never existed. The Thanks. South American merger between Uruguay, Brazil, and Bolivia. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. You know, we're going to look back on this with a ton of great stories and content. Oh, yeah, I mean, remember the memes everybody was coming up with that for like, it's an, a Narcos episode. You had you had you had the investors Miami from, guy, the Miami yeah, you had you had investors from like Colombia, Mexico, and Uruguay forming this triumvirate of South American countries ready to purchase Roma with I don't oh, know, man. some people were joking with like cocaine money or something. Coke it's like, money. come on. I mean, this is absurd. Some of this stuff that came out. No th- listen, there was no South American group. I feel bad for anybody or for the websites who even wrote that. It, it's it's embarrassing. I, I just Ugh, it's very, very weird and very, very frustrating because it's always been freaking real quick. I need to take this moment real quickly before we go on to tap dance on a couple of gravestones of some people. <laughs> so in that financial release that came out yesterday, uh, freaking they they published the name of their parent company, Romulus and Remus uh, Investments. Is that it? Romulus and Remus Investments LLC, I believe the name is yes. what they use yeah. as the parent company. Well, guess what, everybody? That was registered on the 26th of February, which is a week before we wrote about that meeting, yeah, meeting in New York. With the photo and of the place. Yes. Okay. So this meeting, it happened at Raptor and it happened at DLA Piper, which is where the 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 the, the deal was closed yesterday. And then I have to listen because it fell it fell through because of COVID. I've got idiots from Corriere dello Sport, uh, Massimo Basile. Come on, guy, writing that uh, our source was made up. There was nobody at Consob. Well, the parent company was registered a week before the fifth of March, and I can guarantee you that they didn't register Romulus and Remus Investments LLC because they thought they were going to close the deal on August 17th. So (laughs) you can't see me, but a middle finger to all those of you who (laughs) said I was lying about the 5th of March. Ha! I was right. Anyway, I just had to take that moment because I I can't tell you how much shit I took for like five months because of that. Did you just feel, did you just feel like Maximus in the Gladiator when he turns around and asks, yeah, "Are you entertained?" I did after killing as, every single person in yeah, the yes. You know what? Yesterday, I kind of felt like in The Godfather when he's at the baptism and he says, "Today, I settle all family business." That oh, is yeah. basically how <laughs> I felt because you know what? I had to settle every score. With everybody. I, I had so many star or liked tweets that I was digging up because I had people calling me, oh, I lied. I'm an imbecile. The 5th of March never happened. Meanwhile, Correa del Sport, they put in there that our source was made up. Or I think they said, no, there wasn't a source who's a friend's brother's cousin's father or something like that. These are all people who literally had nothing for 10 months. Zero news. Nothing. And they have the audacity to write about things that they have no idea about. So they can't see me, but middle finger to all of those who, who <laughs> gave me shit for the last five months. This would have been done in March, but guess what? There was a global pandemic. I apologize. Next time I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try to ask my sources in healthcare if they know of any global pandemics on the, you know, uh, you know, abound. And if they are, I won't say anything. <sighs> okay. 
Yep. I got that off my chest. Okay. Yeah, I'm good, Perfect. man. I, I was, I could go so much more, but that I, you know, <laughs> I want to keep it relatively professional. So, Friedkin is here. We have the meeting tomorrow. We see the transfer rumors coming out. Most of them pretty, pretty ridiculous for the most part. I want to take a moment though to sort of reflect on the nine years of James Palotta. Now we did sort of get into that on the last episode, but now that it's actually here. It's very, um, I, I don't know what it is, but in the last like 24 hours, I've been trying to think of all these moments. The one that came back to me, and I don't know if anybody will even remember this, but it was either 2014 or 2015. Do you remember when James Palotta took over Roma's Twitter account and he was responding to supporters? Oh, yeah. A lot of good and retweets. There was, A lot yes. of good retweets. <laughs> there was one where he said something like uh, to the guy, go blank yourself clown or something i have to find it oh he said go go blank yourself silly man that's what he said <laughs> i mean all of these all of these moments where you 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 can't believe that this is actually a real business traded on the italian stock exchange you're like you you just remember these moments you're like oh wow this this wasn't a joke this this actually did did happen this wasn't just in my nightmares. This, what stands out to you the most about Palotta? Well, what stands out to me about most Palotta is, huh? What can I say? Is that he is he, he talks a lot. That's 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 his problem. He talks he talks too much in the sense that um, his intentions were good, and you know, until the very end, he always spoke highly of Roma. Um, and there is a lot of good stuff that he did that did, that will back up his you know his his arguments for doing well during his tenure but then there is that that quality of his or let's say that yeah that just the characteristic of James Palotta that he talks too much and and ju- just the club wasn't up to um it's the standards that needed to be to fulfill you know promises objectives and so on and obviously not everything is his fault um because he he hired people that were more than capable of or should have been more capable more than capable to achieve the obje- objectives that had been established uh i'm looking at monchi uh, I'm looking at Di Francesco in his second year. I'm 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 looking at Rudy Garcia before the meltdown. Um, it, so the Palota, I think Palota was was a guy who. Um, okay, the, there is another thing. He's a slow learner. This is the yes. one thing. He he learned way too slow about this trade in the sense that every reaction, every decision that was made. We are not even talking about rushed or, or abrupt decisions because a lot of times he would wait and wait and wait before making a decision that really would, you know, then go on to impact our season, our second season, whatever it was, our transfer market. And it's and time and time again, there were times where he would listen too much to the noise around him. There were times where he would hesitate for too long. There were times where he would, you know, place way too much faith in in his advisors, so-called advisors. And, you know, there is comes a point where you need to be confident of yourself and confident of your knowledge about the football world and and Palotta I don't think he's ever achieved that um that's why I also think he would struggle 
by jumping into you know uh, uh, the Premier League, for example, just because he he's not that kind of guy to to pull the trigger on something. He's he's gonna wait. He's gonna wait, and then he's gonna listen to this guy, and then he's gonna listen to that guy. But it, it, you even when he spoke or when he wrote those letters, you know, in apologizing or explaining something, it never. Uh, it never felt like he was the one saying those things. It always felt like it was him and somebody else over his leaning over his shoulder, checking what he was writing. Um, and, and that, that for me is probably the one thing that really bugs me about this, this, uh, about his tenure at Roma. And because he could have done so much more had he worked on those things, because you own a club for what, nine, 10 years. And, and he, you you just got you just got to you know get a grip of 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 the world you're facing you know of of the adversities of 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 the challenges of the opportunities and with him you never you never got the sense that he really learned during his time at Roma if i had an initial sort of like reaction i i completely agree i i think the biggest thing with him is i feel like in terms of an owner it would have been better had he been at a slightly smaller club. Somebody, you know, Sampdoria, Genoa, Torino. Because it felt like, especially very early on, very early on. I mean, we remember Luis Enrique. We remember that summer where they basically bought a brand new team. Very early on, it felt like he was just learning as he went along. He was making his mistakes. But to right. a certain degree, Roma could accept those mistakes, right? Because we, even though he did make mistakes, there were some bright things. Pjanic, Lamella. Yeah, it was very exciting. Even the mistakes were exciting. It, it was. And even even though it turned out to be a disaster, we, we, we have the benefit of hindsight. But Zeman, when he brought him back, yes, you had a very large faction of people who knew that it would end as a disaster. I there's no doubting that but you also had the I'm not going to call them Romanisti 1.0 in this regard but you had another faction who were extremely excited about him returning they were excited to see him reunite with Totti they thought oh we could play a very entertaining attacking brand of football we all know how that ended up but I can understand why he made the decision. I don't. I n never agreed with it, but I understand why he did it. Um, but then, in the consecutive years after that, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, I really thought that it was where we saw Palotta maybe turning the corner. Because that was the moment where, yes, the stadium seemed far away, but it didn't. We we had no idea it would drag on to the extent that it has now. But I felt like once we saw what Roma could do with, yes, they were still selling players, but they were buying very, very well as well. So I thought that period between 2013 and 2017, I really thought, okay, this is where Palotta maybe takes Roma to the next level. But then we all know what happened from there. It just sort of capitulated after the Champions League semifinal in 2018. So for me, the way I look at Palotta is sort of in three different acts, I guess you would call it. Sort of like a play. You have the beginning, you, you have the middle, and then you really have the tragic part of the end. Which, for me, it, it's sort of disappointing because 
some of the messages I saw, particularly on social media, uh, because I tweeted, I, I forget what I tweeted exactly, but I said something to the extent of Palota is handing over a club in a much better position than the one he yeah. took over. And I was actually yeah. quite surprised. That's our conclusion, right? That that was even remotely controversial. I didn't, to me, that's not even like a hot take. I just think that's something that maybe some people forget about that uh, the 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 Roma that Palotta walked into we are owned by a bank <laughs> we uh, yes and you also had and, and people also forget this too and she gets a free pass Rosella Sensi made some of the dumbest decisions before she left and they were essentially middle fingers <laughs> to the next owner right yes. Now Borriello. this wasn't right. Borriello's yeah, contract. Well, Borriello in 2009, her and her sister. I always talk about how Roma never owned Trigoria when Palotta came. Well, the reason they didn't own Trigoria was because Rosella and her sister, they did a leasing. I guess you would call it like a lease back. They basically sold it to somebody and then they leased it back to them, and they did that for the money. They signed, I believe it was either six or seven year, technical sponsorship with Kappa, the shirt sponsor. Before they left, you know what, you know, you know, you're selling the club. Why would you do that? She did a lot of stupid things on her way out. And as you just said, Andy, Roma were owned by a bank when Palotta purchased them. They were not owned by the Sensi family. And people will say, oh, he never won a trophy. The debts. Well, look at all the other debts, you know, of the other clubs in, in Italy, Juve, Milan. I mean, come on. If you're going to hold the debt thing against him, then then fine. Yes, the, the health of the club is most important above all, and they were not in good health. But it would have been, in my opinion, the the worst thing he could have done was to just carry on and pretend like things were okay. He recognized things weren't good. Him and his partners, they said, you know what? Now's the time to get out, and he sold up. I'm not going to criticize him for that. He realized the club was in trouble, and he sold. If anything, I, I think you should commend him for that because – I mean, we see, we just saw it happen. Um, I forget the name of the club, but it happened in England. It happens all the time in Italy. I mean, you have owners who basically just run their clubs into bankruptcy. Well, guess what? Palato recognized that that's where things could potentially head at some point, And he sold up. I am in no way, shape, or form going to criticize him for that. But going back to what I said, I think whether you want to believe it or not, whether you like Palato or not, I think it is honestly indisputable that the Roma of Palotta mm. is in a much better position than of the course. one that he purchased. I, I I was actually shocked that many people took issue with that. Yeah. Well, that's it's because it's again it's easy. It's the easy thing to do. It's easy to point out. You know, to to make a comeback by saying, "Oh, but no trophies." Yes, but the question is, where where was the Friedkin Group ten years ago when Roma was was looking for somebody to buy the club, right? Where was that kind of money? Right. Where, where were those people? Because Fried, the Friedkin Group and Palotta are not even comparable in terms of wealth. Now, we'll see what that means. But still, where where, where were the big names back then? Um, because because Palotta, that's what he did. He brought a club who, that was owned by a bank. He brought it into the spotlight. People took notice of Roma. People know that a club like Roma exists, and you know, and attract players, attract sponsors. Uh, are 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 fighting to get a stadium that will finally damn just brings you know major investment in a place like Rome, um, that is one of the most important cities in Europe and in the world. It 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 put Roma on a pedestal that 
a pedestal that Roma could not afford 10 years ago. Um, and so, you know, once you have somebody like Friedkin looking at your club, that's a sign of growth. You know, it's undeniable. I don't care if, if there were any trophies. Of course, I care as a fan, I, of course. But I also know how to judge a situation where Palotta had so little to work with at the beginning. And now I'm looking at Friedkin and, you know, we are already setting all these expectations. Why are we setting these expectations? Yes, because we have this idea that Friedkin is, you know, extremely wealthy and we can splash cash around and blah, blah, blah. But that it's not it. It's just that Friedkin walks into a situation where he has the tools to work with to help Roma grow the way they and the Friedkin group intend Roma to grow. And, and, and that's, I can't say that about Palota walking into this club uh, when he did. Um, now this is a club that is, 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 is in the spotlight that people recognize and that can succeed um, if, if, if the right decisions are made. Yeah. And again, I feel like this is something that goes under the radar. Maybe people just dislike him so much. They're not willing to acknowledge this, but I, but I am very, very surprised that so many people, when I tweeted that kind of went out of their way to slate him. And the thing is too, when you bring up the thing with zero trophies, I can't, I can't respond to that. Like, there's no way for me to, 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 to dispute that. I mean, that's yes, we can all agree on that. I, I, that's the thing that probably bothers me most, Andy, is when people talk about Palata. The first thing, yes, this is sport, this is football, and in the end, only winning matters. I, I completely understand that. But the thing I sort of not laugh about because it's not funny, but smirk at is. Were we're you know were were Roma winning a ton of trophies before Palotta? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how can you, you know, you 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 can't listen. It's not like this <laughs> club, uh, you know, was winning Coppa Italia after Coppa Italia, Scudetto after Scudetto, and Palotta arrived and he just stopped everything. That was never the case. So why 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 is the first thing we hold against him? He never won anything. Again, yes, I understand that he ran his mouth a bit too bit too much he said very dumb things oh i want the scudetto i want to be as big as barcelona should never have said that if he was on here right now which we're trying to do by the way um (laughs) if he was on here right now i'm sure he would even admit it he got carried away yeah but uh, you know you're you're looking back at it and barcelona was the reference point who did we hire first manager he gets luis enrique right a guy who would go on to 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 help Win, win the Champions League with Barcelona. It's it was a whole, you know, it, it, that was that was a period where Barcelona was the reference point, and I can even understand, you know, Palota coming in, um, just as Friedkin now, you know, the the press release was was talking about his ambitions and how you know what, what Roma can do and what he wants to do with the club and it's so it's normal and again it's you know running his mouth yes but at the same time he he had this vision of a team that really came from nothing and suddenly people started taking notice of it and again it's one of his maybe his ridiculous quotes of saying i want this to be the second team everybody is a fan of but yeah. But it makes sense. It makes sense because people took notice, because people recognize the jersey, because people don't only associate us with Totti right now. It's and it that that makes a whole big difference when when we're talking about a new ownership coming in. I think again, 
in the moment, it's difficult to keep grounded, keep your feet. And we're so anxious for a new ownership group to look back and maybe give him the proper due. Anytime you and I do this, we get told we're friends of him, we're kissing his ass, and there's no way for you or I to win with anything we say here. But I guess all I'm trying to say is maybe let's have a little perspective on this. I don't think he was nearly as bad as some people say, but I, I, I'm i not sitting here saying this guy was a fantastic owner. I can't believe they're losing him, blah, 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 blah. I think just in terms of ownership, commercially, internationally, he, he raised the profile of Roma. He raised our expectations, and maybe that was that says it all. Because, again, before him, yes. it's not like Roma were winning a ton of trophies. It's no. not like... They were in the Champions League every season. Now we're angry when we're not in the Champions League. And yes, I understand that's not a trophy. I want a trophy more than anybody. I've talked about how I don't even care about the Coppa Italia, but if it's a Coppa Italia, I'm fine with it. I just think that we need to have maybe a, a, a little bit more appreciation because I did not like some of the things I was I was reading about him. Yeah, he was he was the necessary owner to to make that step that we that we were afraid to make that, you know, we, he was, he was the right owner at the right time and the time is over and, and that's good. And what happened was good, was necessary. There were mistakes. Yes. But there was also a lot of positive and we are where we are because of Palotta, thanks to him. Uh, and, and that's it. And that's, we go forward and, and we could have without him, we could have, you know, risked, a whole lot more. Um, this this was, you know, if I look back on it, this was a team that I'm not afraid to call provincial in in certain terms. And now it's not a it's not a provincial team anymore. This is it's a team that is recognized. And Palota was there at the right moment with 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 the right intentions. Some of it came to fruition. Some didn't. But the time is over and you know, there is never going to be a moment where I'm going to look back on at this tenure and be angry. I I may be frustrated that, you know, it, it didn't fulfill its potential, but it, it definitely exceeded some of my expectations uh, uh, that I had um, prior to, to his tenure. For sure. I think that's a perfect way of putting it. Yes. Uh, frustration is without doubt. One of the main emotions that comes back, when you think about him and his time. But again, I, I don't think you can be angry at this guy. It, it all depends, I guess, on your attitude and perspective. Because there's some people who, regard, you know, he could have won a trophy. You know, let's just say he won a Coppa Italia. And I think for some people, he would still be the guy who sold Salah. He's still the guy who sold Alisson. He's still the guy who sold Pjanic. He's still the guy who sold Rudiger. And there's no way for me to change your mind about that. But I'm just saying, I think we have to dive a little deeper into that. And that's all. I, I, again, I'm not here to, because he left, I'm not here and Andy's not here to, to kiss his ass. We're not here to make him feel better. I'm just saying, I don't think he warranted maybe some of the criticism that he received. That's all. Before and, we, and we would love to have him on. Jim knows that. And G, yeah, Jim, if you're listening we, in, we would love to have you on here. Jim, I know it's been up and down, you and I, the last couple of weeks. But come on. Come on. Sp I know you want to spill. I, 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 in fact, yes. I, I can feel that you're dying to spill. 
It's tea Particularly, time. It's tea time, Jim. It's tea time. It's tea time, Jim. I understand. Particularly, there's somebody in Spain who many nicknamed the tortoise. <laughs> and he has a team in the Europa League final. I know. I know. I can feel it, Jim. We need you the receipts, are, Jim. Yes. I know that you are just dying to tee off on Monchi. Well, think of this as the therapy office. We have a couch right over there. There just happens to be a microphone in front of you. Sit down, have a seat, and then talk away. Open book. Yes, please. And you don't have to worry about repercussions from the Italian stock market if you let anything slip. Consop will not be sending you any sort of fines. Uh, you are free. Open... You're a free man, Jim. You're free. It's an open forum. So whatever you want to say, fire away. We would love to have you, and I think he knows that. Before we go then, so just... You're happy then. Freaking is here, right? This is this is a good thing. You, yes. you you don't have any you have you you don't have any doubts or trepidations about them, right? Like th- this is a good moment. It is a good moment. Uh, you know, we, somebody could point to the many question marks we have as to what the plans are and who's going to be coming in, who's going to be you know going out, and and what the future holds. Uh, in terms of results of trophies of transfer market stadium and and everything else but it, it is what it is right as joe pesci says to, to robert <laughs> de niro and the irishman yes. it, it is what it is it's this is the moment we've been waiting for it, it's a moment where roma made the leap and i think it's a leap in the right direction uh, i i really have and you know even you who and and along with biafora and austini you guys that have been reporting this for months on end, you have so very little, you know, besides the the, the the exact minimal information that helped you get day by day or week by week to to sort of give us a, a profound, you know, a, a real true insight into what the hell is going to happen next that, you know, I can't I can't say I know anything more. So I'm just I'm just happy that this this thing took place. Um, I'm excited because mainly, or perhaps it's mostly because of, you know, I have no idea. I have no idea what, what, what what's awaiting me. I, I don't want to put too much pressure. Um, I also try to stay realistic. I'm not seeing us going after Mbappe, but I, I want to see this club, you know, making the correct decisions at the correct time. Probably that's the, the that's, that's what I've been waiting for. I completely agree. And to sort of elaborate on what you just said, I'm the deal is done. I'm, I'm, I'm a spectator now. I th- these guys, the you know the lawyers, all the people connected with all the various law firms, Tonucci, Tonucci, Chiamenti, DLA Piper, they're not talking to us about transfer market plans. Okay, these guys don't know, so. I'm very eager to see, again, any newspaper talking about what they know if Roma is going to do. They're lying to you. They don't know. Um, it's just agents floating stuff out there. So I'm just as eager as everybody else to see what happens now because this group, and I, I, I really want to reiterate this, they have been so professional these 10 months. Nothing from them. You can ask Dan Friedkin, Ryan Friedkin, Mark Watts, who's the right-hand man of Dan Friedkin. Um, another guy who's going to be on the board is Eric Williamson. These guys have said nothing. I and trust me, I'm. I said this on the last one. I am ashamed as a human being the lengths that I took to get to these guys. <laughs> I'm. It's 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 shameful. Okay, I'm messaging people who work 
at the uh, uh, at the airport where they park their uh, private jets. Jesus okay? Christ! Yes. I mean, That's... the levels in which we took are somewhat embarrassing, but we had no other like leads to these guys. I'm telling you, it. I have never seen anything like it in my life because usually, just by way of human nature, you will get somebody directly within a group who talks. It happens. 95% of the time this happens to be the 5% that it doesn't happen I can't reiterate it enough the professionalism that they have exuded over these 10 months is astounding I applaud them for it they have said nothing absolutely nothing for 10 months and I you know just by way of that I'm very excited to see what they have in store because I, I'm I just don't know anything I'm anxious I want to know just like everybody else just like you guys and getting anything from them has been has been so tough. Other than lawyers, yes, they've been so tight lipped. And, so, and it's uh, probably for the best, you know. Yeah, coming oh, of into, course. Coming into this, at least right now, I'm not saying that maybe they can't loose their tongues as it goes along, but I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, coming coming into this environment and at this moment, if if they can keep things on the hush hush. It's absolutely the best thing to do. Perfect way to end it. All right, everybody. Let us know how you feel. Are you happy? Are you mad? Let us know about what you think about Palata too. I'm curious to see just, I know many of you aren't on Twitter, so that's basically what I judge everything on, which is probably unfair. But yeah, let me know what you know about Palata. I would love to hear your opinions as well, because I, I think, yeah, I don't think he got his fair due. So that is where we will leave it. We'll be back later in the week. I, I know we didn't do one. Um, we only did one episode last week, but we'll do two this week. We'll be back. Uh, we thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. It means so, so much. So as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and we will talk to you in a couple days. So until then, ciao. Ciao.